everyone. This is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyover Labs, and today we get to talk to Eric Romo. And Eric is the CEO and co-founder of Allspace VR, which is a social VR platform. So that means you can attend a concert or talks or, and create your own events. So it's a community of people coming together, but in virtual reality. So it definitely feels like the future, but it's here right now. So I'm curious how Eric and his team started and scaled Allspace VR, and where he sees uh, VR headed. So Eric is definitely one of the leaders and visionaries in the VR space, so we're pretty lucky to have him. So Eric, thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. So let's, uh, before we get into uh, what you're doing now, can you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. I'm a mechanical engineer by background, so I uh, went to grad school at Stanford and, and my undergrad at Cooper Union, and then I my first job out of grad school is I went and I worked at SpaceX when that company was just getting started. Okay. So I, um, I turned Hubble down. What year was that? That was, uh, let's see, I started in January 2003. Uh, oh, that was when I started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the company had been had founded maybe six or nine or something months before that, and I was the 13th employee. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so at that time, you know, nobody knew who SpaceX was. We, we used to get confused with the uh, uh, the company that won the X Prize, and then we were confused <laughs> with the company that was throwing the X Prize, and you know, everybody <laughs> just kind of lumped them all together. But it was cool. It was a really fun job, probably the best job y- you could ask for as a mechanical engineer. You're just out of school because it, you know, at a startup, you get way more responsibility than you probably should have. Um, <laughs> and and then uh, and then on top of that, I got to blow things up. So um, you know, that was. <laughs> the fun part. Of it. Mostly, my job was to try and make sure things didn't blow up. But um, you know, we, we succeeded at that some of the time. It's funny now. Now we obviously there's all these launches uh, going on, which is great. And uh, I still have a ton of friends that are at SpaceX. I left in 2004, so it gives you an idea how long ago that was. And every once in a while, you know, something will go wrong with one of the rockets, and I'll just cross my fingers and gosh, I, I hope that wasn't my fault. Uh, um, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes I think maybe it was, but. Uh. Um, I left and I went back to, to grad school and I did my MBA. And when I was in grad school a little before, I got really interested in, in the um, renewable energy uh, industry and what was happening there and, and decided to, uh, that the best thing to do out of grad school would be to start a solar technology company. So uh, I started a company with another guy and, and we um, developed a business plan and, and raised money and ended up hiring got a little over 100 110 or something employees at the peak and we were building a, a concentrating photovoltaics uh, system so everything from basically the steel in the ground to the software that, that ran the thing for customers and our customers really liked it but uh, but ultimately we just got clobbered on pricing by commodities out of China uh, really interesting kind of geopolitical story all the the money that, that went into scaling manufacturing in China uh, for solar and now they just decimated everybody in, in Europe and the U.S., but, but a story for another podcast. Uh, oh, and, uh, we got lots of stories. We get, those are two podcasts right there. <laughs> sex in there. Concentrate solar power yeah. company. Wow. All right. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, you know, we, in 2012, we decided to shut the company down. And so, because we just couldn't really compete on price anymore with China. And, and actually, it was September of 2012 as we were shutting the company down. And, and I'd been reading about kind of the technology around virtual reality and the neuroscience around virtual reality for for actually a couple of years before that. I got sort of interested uh, starting with a 
book called Infinite Realities uh, that the professor who runs the Stanford Virtual Reality Lab and another guy uh, wrote. And then right around the same time, of course, Ready Player One came out, and I read that kind of right when it came out. And that led me to do a bunch of research on the neuroscience of connecting with people in virtual spaces. And I just, you know, this is one of these ideas I just couldn't get out of my head. And um, and lo and behold, I'm, you know, shutting down a company and, and Oculus does their Kickstarter and, and uh, sort of the world sends a signal that, hey, this VR thing might be happening. So we decided to start Allspace in the beginning of 2013 and um, spent basically the first year sort of by myself building prototypes and thinking about what the right, the right market to go after would be and ultimately landed where we are today, which is this uh, communication and socialization and, and shared virtual spaces, starting with the consumer market and basically people hanging out and playing card games and interacting with their friends, all the way to people getting to go to really cool dance parties and live events and, and comedy performances and Al Roker doing a Q&A in the virtual Rockefeller Plaza. <laughs> so um, we've, we've come a long way in the last four years. And and so when you're on your own for that first year, you know, what type of prototypes or or product were you building? I can't imagine you probably could put together that amazing experience by yourself. But curious what you were building. Yeah, so um, the the Rift EK1 was was getting ready to come out, so I knew that there would be a headset available sometime soon. But I wanted to put together a prototype of the software experience around connecting with somebody in a virtual space, and so I actually used um, uh, Unreal Three and the Rift EK1, and then something called the Razer Hydra, which is this um, peripheral that uh, Razer, the games company, worked on with a company here in, in Silicon Valley that would track the motion of your hands in, in six degrees of freedom. So you could you know, move your hands around, and, and it would tell the, the you know, software where your hands were. You know, so not, not dissimilar to how the touch controllers work for the Oculus Rift or the, <clears throat> the Vive controllers work. So I put it for together this prototype where you could, you know, you put on a headset, you look across the table, somebody sitting across the table from you, that person might be, you know, anywhere in the world because they're connected over the internet. You, you know, move your controller, move your hand, you can wave at them and say hi, you can <clears throat> pick stuff up uh, and hand them stuff and throw things at them, which is most of what people did with the prototype was, was pick up boxes and throw them at the person across the table from them. So it was, it was like a really, you know, really janky single programmer, one eighth of an artist version of like the Oculus toy box demo, <laughs> but in, in, uh, in, you know, in 2013. So we uh, started showing that to people I met, some of the co-founders are all based sort of along the way and started showing people it in the beginning of 2014. And, and um, that's what kind of spurred us to raise some money in, in 2014 and really get going. Interesting. Okay. And uh, I was curious before we get into that more, what, you know, what was your, do you remember what your first VR experience was that kind of blew you away? Well, so uh, my first experience was actually went over to the Stanford uh, VR lab, um, which is a, called the, it's actually called the virtual human interaction lab, which is a really cool name um, because what they, they're in the communications department and what they study is the psychology of avatar based uh, interaction, which is like, I think it's exactly perfect for what we do, right? <laughs> so, so I've read, you know, most of the papers that they they put out because they're all they're all spot on for for what Allspace now does. But um, I went over there and and uh, there's there's this canonical demo that a lot of people do in VR labs called the Pit. I don't know if you know what the Pit is. No. Okay, so the the Pit is is this demo where um, you're in a uh, physical space, right? And somebody hands you a headset and says, okay, this headset's going to track you as you move around the space, you know, not unlike the Vive does, right? And, but back then, you know, in the Stanford VR lab, this was using probably like a quarter million dollars worth of hardware to, mm. to approximate what the Vive can now do for 800 bucks. But anyway, put on a headset and what you see when you put on a headset is actually you're in kind of the same room 
that you were in before. Right? You look around, the walls were where they where they were before. The floor is the same color. You, know, you look up, the lights are the same place. And they say, okay, well, you know, walk around a little bit, just get comfortable. And so you walk around, and they say, okay, you stand over by that, you know, the little X on the floor or whatever. So you go stand by the X. And then all of a sudden, the floor in the virtual room drops away. <laughs> and so you're standing on this little plank, and all the way at the bottom, as the floor has dropped away, you look down, you know, you lean out over the, the pit, and you see, you know, in some of them, you just you just see a floor, another floor, you know, 10 or 20 or whatever feet down. Other ones, you see, you know, bloody spikes or whatever to try and make it more scary. But, they, you know, they basically now put you up in heights to, to a degree where, it, you know, somewhere in the back of your head is telling you that that's, you're too far up, you don't want to fall off. And then they say, okay, you're aware that you're in an actual physical space and you're not, there's not a pit there. Go ahead and take a step out into the pit. And, you know, knowing that your conscious brain is totally aware that you're not going to fall down. Why would you fall down? Right. Like, there's, 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 no, there's no way you fall down. And your subconscious is saying, nah, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so I, I'd read about this in a few different places, a few different books. I'd read about this pit demo. And I was pretty sure that when I went over to the VHIL, I was pretty sure I was going to see the pit. And so I, I just, you know, I, I got all my courage up. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. You know, no problem am I going to have. Totally walking across these. And some of them, by the way, you can walk all the way across like a plank in the middle of the pit. And you just have to, you know, it's like a balance beam, right? And you have to see how you feel. And this one at the, at the Stanford lab was the kind of the balance beam one. So there's actually, you see a virtual thing for you to walk across, but, but then, you know, you lean out over it and it's pretty far down. And as soon as the floor dropped away and the, as soon as the proctor said, okay, go ahead and walk across the balance beam, my knees started shaking. <laughs> and uh, a total subconscious reaction, right? My conscious brain is completely aware of the fact that I'm in no danger whatsoever. Uh, but my subconscious is telling me, okay, you just stop. You don't want to do this. So, so that was my first experience, which is, which is was at the time, that was a lot of people's first experience in VR, um, that sort of thing. And that was a, yeah, it was a really good way to start because it, you know, yeah, I was so loaded up with knowing exactly what I was going to do, but yet I still had a reaction I didn't expect. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've never experienced that. I was curious, what was, what's been one of your favorite events or uh, occasions that's happened in Altspace VR? And then if somebody actually wanted to go to the next event like that, you know, kind of describe how a person can walk through your system in order to, uh, you know, locate something like that. How does that all work? Yeah, I think I think my favorite, probably my favorite thing that I've I've attended in all space is um, a guy named Reggie Watts, who's a, a band leader at the Late Late Show with James Corden, is um, and, and just super super talented musician slash comedian slash improv person has uh, is just loves VR, and he's done uh, a bunch of stuff uh, in all space, which we're you know incredibly thankful for because. He's sort of just, he's really experimenting with what this medium is of being together in a virtual space because, you know, it's not the same as, as any kind of other live performance. And so he and a guy named Justin Roiland, who's a creator, Rick and Morty, got together probably like two months ago, maybe three months ago in Allspace. And they, uh, they said, hey, we want to come into Allspace and we want to we do something. And we said, okay, great. You know, these two guys want to come hang out in all space. You know, we're, we're never going to say no. Right. Uh, yeah. And we said, well, what you know, what are you going to do? And they said, well, we're not really sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, okay, whatever, you know, it, it's a, uh, I'm sure you guys are, you guys are hyper created and in touch with the R creative. You'll just, you'll figure it out. And so what they ended up doing is, is it was right. Yeah. Actually it's right before Halloween. So yeah, it was October, the end of October. We had this, this space that was, sort of spooky Halloween themed, right? So there's like a spooky barn and there's a little graveyard and there's a, you know, 
scary scarecrow and they have a crashed car and, you know, just kind of, kind of things that are like, you know, Halloween sort of creepy. And they just, they came into the space and we use this technology we call front row where it can be like thousands of people that attend these events that are all sort of feel like they're in the same place as Justin and Reggie, but Justin and Reggie are kind of there interacting with a subset of those people. And anyway, so they just went into that space and they, they just improved for like 90 minutes. They improved. But the thing that was really cool about it and just different than, you know, if you went to some theater and saw improv on stage is that they're moving around this virtual environment, right? So they're like playing off of the environment and telling stories. And the other, the other part of it that was cool is that the audience was sort of all around them and, you know, among them, right? It wasn't as if they were, you know, set off in stages. So the, the, the experience from the audience perspective was, oh, I'm hanging out with these guys. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out with them. I'm not really saying very much, <laughs> you know. I'm not in the conversation that often, but I'm hanging out with them. And, and when they go over to the barn, I'm going to the barn. When they go, they go over to the cemetery, I'm going over to the cemetery. So it was this type of content that it's, it's really hard to describe you know, what that is, right? It's not, that's not a, you know, that's not a TV show. That's not a stage performance. That's not a podcast. It's, it's, it's almost like they were, did get to hang out with these two guys hmm. in a virtual space. And, and so it was just, for me, why I think that was my favorite thing is it, it's just a really good example of that. We don't know what this medium is yet. And we don't know what the best content is going to look like yet. So what we need is this platform and this ability to experiment. And Justin and Reggie were so gracious to to just experiment. And I, I think it was just really delightful what they ended up with. Hmm. Well, and, and I think people who haven't gone into alt space VR, like they'd be really surprised by, you know, kind of the social interactions and how personal it might feel. You know, like you know yeah. you're an avatar, you don't really look like a human. But you still, when people get close to you, you're like, man, you're getting pretty close. It's a really weird feeling because yep. you, you know you shouldn't feel that way, but you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, you know, it's a, it's a really, I mean, that's the, that's the key, right, is that feeling that you're actually there with people. And when those people are your friends or, or people who are becoming your friends, that's cool because you get to feel like you're hanging out with them in a deeper way than you would if you were, you know, in a text chat or something. And when that person is somebody that you see on TV or you see on, you know, YouTube or that you look up to in some way, you get this feeling like you're actually in the same room with them. And that ability to be in, to share a room with somebody that you only get to see on TV, you know, maybe you live in LA or whatever, you get to, you get to have that experience from time to time. But you know, for most of us, there's not a thing that happens. Right. And it's hard. I totally agree with you. It's hard for people to sort of imagine how that feels until you experience it. But one way to glimpse it is you see the language that people use to describe the experience they just had. And when people come out of like a show like that, Justin Reggie show, they use language where they say things like, I just got to hang out with, mm, yeah. you know, these guys, right? Which is not what you'd say if you watched a, a YouTube video, right? You wouldn't you say you are hanging out with them. They're in a little corner of my screen. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't say that, but you would say that if you were together in all space. Definitely. Yeah, it's quite cool. So how can you describe if somebody gets a Gear VR and they download your app and then they're like, oh, what's next? Can you kind of walk them through kind of their options when they, uh, you know, or kind of what you'd recommend 
for them to get familiar and comfortable with uh, Altspace? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that there's things that people do in Altspace that are scheduled, so these these events, and so we have uh, both on our website and in the product a calendar of events that are going on, and actually uh, increasingly you can say that you're interested in a particular event and you'll get a notification email, and, and pretty soon you might get a little buzz on your phone that tells you that's coming up, and so I think that there's these scheduled times when there's, you know, either, you know, a meetup or a, uh, a talk or a presentation or, or, an, or a performance like these ones with uh, musicians or, or when our uh, dance club Echo Space is open on Wednesday night or things like that where they're, they're kind of at a particular time in these scheduled events. And that's how a lot of people use Altspace. And then there's sort of the anytime ad hoc um, hang out with people uh, part of Altspace. And that sort of has two parts. One is who are you going to hang out with, right? And so we have the ability to add your friends and to, to see if your friends are online and, and to, you know, go directly to where your friends are. And then what are you going to do once you're there with those people? And um, when you're in there, you do anything from people play uh, a version of, of the awesome game Cards Against Humanity in all space. It's really popular. People get together and watch YouTube videos together for hours on end. <laughs> um, they, they play Dungeons and Dragons. They, they We have a couple of different artistic apps, drawing and painting apps that people do so it's there's kind of a wide variety of different experiences that pe- people will have but it's all about interacting with with either people you're getting to know or with with friends that you already have mm-hmm. interesting okay that's yeah that, that's helpful yeah i've been i've never went to a schedule event but i went to some of the like i went to the i don't know if it was a german brewery like an old or whatever it might be uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So and and so, what do you think? Because I'd love to spend have a lot more people in VR and spend more time in VR. You know, have conference calls in VR. You know, what do you think is necessary to make that happen? Just uh, better tech to make it more realistic and easier to get into and more comfortable. Or how do we? Uh, yeah, time? I think yeah. the fundamental challenge is really around the hardware and how easy it is to adopt. If you look at how people can get VR in their lives right now, it's you own a high-end gaming PC, you go buy Rift Revive. You own a one of a subset of Android phones, and you get your VR daydream, or you own a PlayStation 4, and you get a PSVR. So that means if you are a you know MacBook Air user with an iPhone, you're out of luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, is which, which is a lot of people, right? I mean, that's a lot, a lot of people that that describes, right? So I think you know what's coming is a next wave of devices in VR, and you see some of this with the. Uh, the Oculus Santa Cruz prototype with the Intel Alloy prototype with the Qualcomm VR820, where these uh, reference designs around standalone headsets that don't require you to own a particular PC, don't require you to own a particular uh, phone, where you can just you know go down to Best Buy, buy it, press a button, turn it on, and it works. And I think that sort of thing is what's going to be required for there to be real mass market adoption of VR. You know, luckily, the devices are coming, so that's pretty exciting. Gotcha. Okay. And we're almost out of time, but, you know, what makes you nervous keeps you up at night? Because, I mean, you have a, a sweet platform, but, uh, you know, you need the hardware almost to catch up. But it feels like the hardware is almost there. Like, is that what you worry about, the adoption rate, or what What kind of uh, keeps you up at night? You know, what, what I uh, I think I sleep pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think um, what we're spending our time on is understanding really what's the right way to get into a product like Allspace. So what are the, the patterns of use 
that are going to work for people going forward. And then what do you want to do once you're there? You know, what are great fulfilling experiences and how do we build the hard tech around scaling those, those experiences? Like if you have told me 14 months ago before the first time we'd ever done a, a music or a, a comedy performance in all space, that, Hey, they're going to be some of the most you know transformational things you're going to see in virtual reality are going to be these live comedy performances over the next year. I wouldn't have guessed that. Right. I, I, I would, but here we are. And so, what we're all looking for is what are those things we're going to discover over the next year that people want to do in VR. Gotcha. Yeah. So, well, you're living the future, so it's pretty exciting what you're building. <laughs> and, you know, and you mentioned, of course, Ready Player One and, you know, that would, you know, that's the ultimate someday. And so, well, maybe not like the whole uh, society, but the actual game and the actual world. Oh man, that I can't wait. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you're building. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I, Unfortunately, I think that just about does it for uh, this podcast. But definitely, uh, Eric, appreciate your time and thoughts and what you're doing. And excited to spend more time in alt space. And uh, I'll have to uh, make sure I stay tuned to all those events because uh, it'd be fun to check some of those out. Yeah, absolutely. Next time we can do the podcast in alt space oh, with, okay. a, with a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I like that idea. All right. Sometime I'll hit you up for that. But uh, yeah, thanks again. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Flyover Labs. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, everyone. Bye.